Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And today for episode 98, we are joined by two very special guests as we have this epic countdown to 100. That's right. We're getting there. (laughs) We're aging right before our own eyes. Uh, We have Ryan and Steve from The Case for Beer. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You better believe it. So welcome to the microbrew review, everyone. Uh, But before we get too into it, I would welcome you guys to tell us a little bit about what the case for beer is, maybe while the professor pours beer number one. Sure will. So yeah, the case for beer, uh, the easiest way to describe it, I suppose, is a sort of uh, 12-day ecumenical beer-themed advent calendar. Ask me how many of those words I know what they mean. I'm hoping beer. most of them. <laughs> yeah, beer. beer. You had me at beer. All calendar. Right. In that case, go on. Uh, explained another way. It's, uh, it's a, a box, it's a custom 12-pack that will be put together or curated by uh, talented bottle shop owners with whom we're working. And the top is specially made with perforated squares numbered 1 through 12. And uh, the, the purchaser takes that home, pops open day number 1. There's a code that takes you to our web platform. And you work your way through surprise beer after surprise beer, 1 through 12. Um, checking out the website as you go, where you can interact with the curator who put the kit together, as well as everyone else who bought that particular kit. I have to say, surprise beer might be the best kind of beer. I was just thinking about that. I was like, surprise beer? There's no other beer I'd rather have. Surprise beer and free beer might be like the two best adjectives for beer there is. So like my only actual interaction with surprise beer was at a bar called Tangier, which is just closed in Philadelphia. And they had a pretty cool little concept where they would do like a brown paper bag beer, and it was anything from Schlitz to whatever cool beers that they were carrying by the bottle. It was just a random assortment. So you looked at the menu and said, I'll have mystery beer? Yes, it was like $3. And so you could get horrid, horrid beer, or you could get like an $8 beer. If now, you guessed course, it, did you get it free? It wasn't a guessing thing. You just got it in a brown paper bag, and then you took it out, and you, you, that's what you got. Um, and me and my friends would always go, and I would always get the Schlitz. <laughs> like, never did I get a good beer, and I can't tell you how many times. And finally, I was just like, no, I'm just not even, I'm just going to order what I want, because I'm tired of drinking this awful surprise beer. But this surprise beer is obviously designed to be much, much better than that. Ryan and Steve brought their A-game today. So we, we teamed up with them, so the Rogue... We're going halvesies. Yeah, the Rogue duo brought halvesies, and uh, the Case for Beer duo brought halvesies. So you want to tell us about the first beer, sir? Uh, This one's super cool. Uh, We've done a few Goose Islands on our podcast before. This is a uh, a Belgian-style ale uh, with grapes, and then it is aged in Muscat wine barrels. Which is why I bought it, because you know how I feel about Muscat. Yes, it's 11.2, which is awesome. But you know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> the same way I do. Uh, and the cool thing about this is it's a, a, a thing of beer, like a, a section of beer, I don't know what I'm trying to say, uh, a special brewing called the Class of 88. And uh, it says here, A quarter century ago, a passion for craft brewing ignited across the country. Today, the founding breweries of 1988 have united to commemorate that seminal year with a special selection of beers. Every bottle is a portal to the renaissance of craft brewing, each steeped in heritage and expert craftsmanship. So this, when I bought it, was available two ways, right next to each other on the shelf. They weren't 
trying to pretend they were something they're not. This is the Goose Island bottle, which is the beautiful 750. Uh, mm. But they also had the, a 22-ounce bottle with a Deschutes label. <laughs> so everything else was the same, except on this one, Goose Island is at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And on the other one, it was Deschutes at the bottom. So why did you decide to roll the dice with the Goose Island? You mean versus the Deschutes? Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same product on the inside, but I knew there were four of us and it was a bigger bottle by like three ounces. Uh, but also, I'm a schmuck for presentation, and I think that these large bottles just look so fantastic. Also, we've had a lot of good experience with Goose Island. I know they just kind of, uh, well, they have the, the Matilda and... Um, Sophie. Sophie. We, we bought a bunch of their, their soury aged bottles recently, and they've all been uh, pretty fantastic. So Jillian was my favorite. Is that the raspberry one? I just, I had four of them and Jillian was my favorite. That's true. <laughs> and I just remember because it's the name of the girl from The Biggest Loser. It's the only reason I remember it versus all the oh, other Oh, the names. trainer. Yes. yes. Yeah. Things she doesn't do, drink 750s of Jillian beer. I'm sure of it. Maybe she should. Uh, well, let's stop talking about it and let's try it and talk some more about it after that. It smells exquisite. It smells very... White whiny, which I love. I love white wine. Well, it's, Ian uh, it's does Riesling, not. actually. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I spent twenty-one dollars on this bottle because it had all of the words that made me happy mm. and might make you grumpy. Wow. Your your face is indescribable, so you might have to use words to tell me what you think. I'm changing up the order. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very sweet to me and uh, and and almost carbonated. I mean, it has that that really tangy feel to it when it when it hits the tongue like ah oh, those warheads do you ever have a warhead mm. candy mm -hmm. it was it was a little overwhelming for the first sip uh but they had the hot and the sour ones and this one definitely struck me as like the sour warhead sour, which would yeah. like burn a hole of sour through your tongue uh, and i'm that's not really a complaint in this case i love i love a good sour beer um i find this one to be very flavorful the There's body a, is light though for the abv well it's just a Belgian pale, basically. Just <laughs> with a lot of craziness done to it. I like the color, though. I like that it's unfiltered. I like that it's... It's a great orange. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. It's like a grown-up Hoa Garden. <laughs> Did I oversimplify it right there? Grown-up and sour. Um, yeah, I find that this is awesome. Mm -hmm. I would drink this, this always. might be the best thing to come out of 1988. If I, had to <laughs> I doubt that they were making this in 88. <laughs> they were. That's awesome. If they were, I would love to get my hands on a bottle from 88. Oh the way that God. age would be insane, I bet. Well, that was when I was looking at what to bring. I, I bought another one, and I'm sure the name is now going to leave me. I think it might have been another Deschutes, though. Um, but it's meant to be aged. And I got two bottles because I wanted to sort of taste one now and then taste one later. And mm -hmm. I couldn't bring myself to because I turned the bottle over and it said best after June of 2015. And I was like, oh, it's so young. I don't know that we would get the same. And now when I'm looking at what we have to drink today, that ridiculously rich stout would have been completely out of place. <laughs> <laughs> Is it $21 worth? Uh, for a bottle this size and 11.2, I'd say yes. Okay. Wasn't your money. <laughs> well, it wasn't really yours either. <laughs> it's the best part of having a company. <laughs> Beer did, magic. Did we pay for this, Steve? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll present you with a bill at the end. <laughs> uh, 
we would have a really big shortage of podcast guests if we billed them all when it was over. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's a little late to be asking this, but how do you guys feel about like sours and lambics and such? I'm a fan myself. I, Steve? Yeah, I, I, I do like sours. Um, I didn't at first, but after a number of, of tries, it, it's grown on me for sure. So what, for each of you, introduce your beer selves to us a little bit. What are your flavor oh, preferences, boy. maybe favorite breweries? I do not ask favorite beer. I think that's the worst awful question in the whole world, unless you have one, and then please share it. Also, all that prep work we did, Steve, was for nothing. Yeah, all that homework. Um, <laughs> I like, uh, for me, I'm a darker beer fan, so fall to winter is my favorite time of year for sure. Um, but I'm not sure about favorite style within that at this okay. point yet. All right, so, let me ask you the, the really big determining question on whether or not, oh no, I was going to say whether or not you're team oh. rogue or team beer mistress. <laughs> okay. Porter or stout? Depending on how you look at it, you can't win or you can't lose. Yeah. It's really a win-win. <laughs> Porter? Porter? Probably Porter for me <clears throat> at this point. Win for the bear mistress. Hey. <laughs> Not that we're keeping track. score. <laughs> but I'm I'm generally new in, in terms of beer drinking experience, particularly craft beer. For me, I'm relatively inexperienced, particularly among this crew. So So were we two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We knew that we like to try new things, and that just yeah. snowballed very quickly. Yeah, I think for me, I'd say I'm a, I've always been a dark beer person myself as well. But for me, it's sort of, um, you know, my favorite equals, you know, porters plus stouts minus pumpkin beers minus Christmas ales. Barley wine. I just can't. Christmas ales are a little rough. <clears throat> Maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know. I would rather drink a pumpkin than a Christmas. I've had a couple good pumpkins this year. I mean, and I haven't historically liked them, but maybe that's just part of the palate stretching that tends to go on as you try more things, which Absolutely. I think is good. You know, to your point about about uh, liking sours or not, I was just reading, I don't know if it was in um, Beer Advocate magazine or somewhere else, about whether sours might be the new IPA. And, yep. um, you know, there's a lot of debate about that, but there are issues, of course, in terms of how they're made and how you would meet demand and other things. Yeah, but, I mean, demand-wise, if it became really it's a popular, nightmare. it would be <laughs> yeah. insane. I mean, you, and, and you'd run the risk of people turning them loose before they're really mm -hmm. ideally ready. But I think that, um, you know, it's hard to tell the difference between two really good imperial IPAs. I mean, they're just, I mean, they're good, um, but they have those tones of, of overwhelming hops. Whereas I think with a sour, you can have two really good sours that can be completely different tasting. And so I do think there's more of a spectrum there. And um, so to answer your question, I'm a big fan of sours right now. I think that there's a lot to explore. Cool. I'm growing in the sour yeah. realm. How do you find this beer? I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I am glad there are four of us drinking it. I mean, and I wouldn't even necessarily call this a sour. It's definitely got pretenomyces or some notes of that in it, but it's not... The tongue, like the mouthfeel is not that of, of a stereotypical sour. No. Like it's a and little it, richer. Like after that first mm. sip, it's definitely toned down a lot. I think it was just not, the mouth was not prepared to experience all of that. And so it was a little overwhelming for that first one, but there's definitely a lot of cool stuff happening here. I really like that. Tell them about the fantastic cider we had with dinner. Yes, it was the Green Goblin Thrasher Oak Aged Cider. 
coming in at six percent, which I thought was pretty cool because most ciders are like four from Rickmore. And um, that was a nice one because you could kind of taste that funk off the barrel. I thought <laughs> uh, we just came from Annie, Annie Bailey's. Bailey's in Lancaster and uh, had some dinner there and a beer or two. Um, which the cider was one of those. Yeah, so. they had their staff picks, and I mm. said, I, I'm trying to open my mind to cider, but I will admit that I haven't really had a lot of aged cider, so what can you say? And she said, it's hands down, like one of my favorite things that we offer. <laughs> and it wasn't a bottle, but it was, it was delicious. I mean, I feel like the fact that it was in a bottle doesn't really count for anything anymore especially if it's like an oak age something like you want that to sit around uh if it's miller in a bottle then yeah that sucks but that sucks anyhow so <laughs> well it's just like cans like it's just a different way of storing beer and just because it's in a certain container doesn't necessarily negate its viability as a beer so uh, was it an oaken bottle it was not an oaken bottle it was quite green actually it was, <laughs> it, had yeah, the... it was more of a green goblin bottle yeah. <laughs> i think you'll appreciate so one of the recent stories that I wrote for Chesco Business Today was about Victory uh, adding a canning line to their new Parksburg mm -hmm. facility. And when the press release came out, it was forwarded to me by my editor. And he said, you know, how fast can you turn this around? This is big news in Chester County. That's as big as we get sometimes. And uh, Hey, if your big news is about beer, that's awesome. Yeah, well, the funny part about it to me was that it's big news that it's coming next year. You know, it's not that it's ready to be hot off the presses kind of thing. It's in the works and they want the world to know it. Cool. But then after I said I can turn it around right away, I got this very perplexed text message that said, okay, so um, why is canning important? Like he really didn't know why it was news, merely that- This is a big deal, let's talk about it. Why is this a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone seems to be going the way of, of canning right now. There's entire companies that only can. Um, Oscar Blues, the Cannon Keg, that's it. DC um, Brow did a lot of cans. Their stuff's great. What about Sly Fox? Do they? They do. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bottle of Sly Fox. Oh, I just see it on draft, I guess. Yeah. They might only can as well. Well, and Victory starting with their summer beers, because they said in the summer everyone wants to be able to transport right, you're going it. You go to the ballpark, you go to a picnic, yeah. you go to the water, the beach, the pool, whatever. It makes a lot of sense. Smart. I don't want to be the beer police, but we have four and a half beers to get through, so... Franco! Not that it wasn't an expensive endeavor, but... Um, own it! <laughs> I'm interested to see how canned beers age, and I wonder if there's a difference. I have that case of uh, Oscar Blue's 1050 in my basement right now, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it in like five years, and seeing what's happened to it. If it's, any, if it's better, if it's worse, if it's exactly the same. I'm never, that's one beer that I'm always happy about. So I am a porter preference kind of gal, mm -hmm. but there are certain stouts that we serve a lot that I just, I love 1050. I love um, uh, Old Rock Rasputin. Awesome. And there are just times where, especially as the night goes on and we're having our dinners and we're getting really tired or whatever, but I'll, I'll just pour myself a little and be like, oh my gosh, it's better than I remember. Like I put it on the menu because it's good, <laughs> but it's even better than good. All right. So next up, we're uh, moving right along. We actually have... We have four beers. Wow, oh, no. Four beers um, and five bottles. I'm making a mess of this. That's right. Round. We're mapping right before their eyes. Yeah. 
This will be a little bit uh, smaller port. Look at you. You're the one talking about everyone drinking up, and you still got the most beer left. And by the most, he means any. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Called uh, out, friends. So Called out. We're kind of going to be alternating back and forth here from beers that we brought and beers that they provided. So I don't know if you guys want to mention anything about this. This is the, uh, the Duchessic. It's an Italian beer. It's yeah. a Lambic. A uh, Duchessa plus Lambic. So uh, it looks like it's a year old, depending on when it was brewed and purchased. But it's been aged for at least a year, which is cool. Um, Again, for Lambic, it should color. be. So that, you know, they're doing it right in Italy. Yeah, Not nearly as cloudy. This is a tiny bottle. This is one of those where when you order it off the menu for $15 and then the little <laughs> bottle comes out, you're like, oh. Yeah, I think it's 11.2 ounces, which yeah, is odd. We'll Strange shape. Thank you, friend. No doubt. It's definitely a lot of head on this one. Which which didn't work, by the way. I, I tried to shame Shawnee Craft into sending us a new bottle of the one that was last time. <laughs> and that did not work. It did not work. Uh, well, at least Twitter shaming is not really a thing, I guess. Yet. Yet. <laughs> There's still time. Though, I mean, because everyone needs a claim to fame, I found out today that the tweet that I did yesterday on my way to work about the new section of 202 that is opened. So there's now six beautiful lanes that has been construction oh, wow. for the last three Great. years. I was like, way to go, PennDOT. It's, I forget what I called it, uh, luxurious, I think. Apparently, all of PennDOT saw this tweet. It had moved through the entire department, and then one of my coworkers was at a meeting that said, awesome. this chick called the beer mistress was really happy about her <laughs> road yesterday, so good job, team. <laughs> not sure how they should feel about that. No, well, he did not <laughs> admit to knowing about? me, which I said, well, yeah. what is it? No one wants to admit to knowing the beer mistress. What does that mean? So uh, you guys picked this up locally? Oh, wow, that smells awesome. We did, yes, here in Lancaster. Somewhere. You can say it. Um, cool. Yeah, we were at Hunger and Thirst, and I asked for sort of what's their latest and greatest, and they took me to the shelf and pulled this off. Nice. This is where you got the Viking beer, too. Oh, wow. Remember that one? That was yeah, like... the Nogni. Nogni, yes. the Tiger one? No, the Tiger came from Virginia. The one that just oh, tastes like... Oh, it's a smaller one. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It tastes like there's childhood candy crushed up in it. <laughs> Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is rather strange. I shouldn't for me. ask uh, what you paid for it now. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. It was just that, that chalkiness, I guess, that Something. I got when I was. Does that make sense, though? Super effervescent. It's like triple caramelite times 10. Wow. Uh, it so, almost, like champagne? It almost like, yeah, it dissolves in your mouth but, into bubbles. There's no body to it at all. Mm -mm. It just becomes fizz, basically. Now, look, and his head's gone completely, and you're still. That's so well, fluffy weird, and cloudy. I had a weird because he's got the tulip glass, which actually oh. does make a difference. So you did it the right way, and yeah. you're just... I'm just a terrible pourer. Heathen. Yeah, for sure. So this one's a lot lower ABV. This is 5.3. Five. Uh, I mean, it's a Lambic, so that's not uh, overwhelmingly surprising. It smells spicy, but it doesn't taste spicy. And the crazy thing is you anticipate that tang based on the smell yeah, but there's it, no tang to it i mean it's yeah i'm becoming so clinical it's getting ridiculous so i'm really well into my beer book now and it's everything on like what the legs should look like on the glass when you're done and what happens if there is no head i was like oh that was last week yeah yeah um but yeah we had i don't know yeah he you, listened. Guys, you listened to it it was a weird bottle 
Still got finished, I heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, there was a little <laughs> bit left that we tried for a good, like, 45 minutes to mull on the stove with spices. Mm -hmm. And then we got distracted by something else, and I came back the next morning and was like, breakfast beer that's been mulled all night? I don't think that should happen. Um, I love the Italian beer bottles. I don't think I've seen an Italian beer that doesn't come in a bottle like this. I had one at they, Tria and one in Las Vegas. They both had the yeah, same bottle. Yeah, they delight me. And I... We should check if the case for beer packaging will accommodate uh, that particular, bottle, particular shape, bottle That's a very good idea. Yeah. Uh, between looks, that, between that and cans, wider. we have uh, yeah. things to think about. Well, yeah, because sure. the cans in the... Did you guys get a case of the Beer Camp beer? The I saw it. I didn't buy one, but okay, I saw it. Because yeah. I guess there were... That came with, there's at least a can. Yeah, there's four. But you get two of everything. So I guess in there were two or Pennsylvania three case, anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, two or three different cans. And they all had something like a good three inches to hold it up so it was at the same level on the height yeah. of all of the not that i can't reach like, in it wasn't yeah. really a thing but, <laughs> but just packaging wise like there was some some forethought into that right so far well, so good we're halfway through our case yeah you did some without me i was a little disappointed someone has a busy social calendar it's me <laughs> <laughs> i don't always have time to get, drop what i'm doing and go drink beer I'm busy drinking beer with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't want your conversation recorded. I get it. Sometimes. Right. Often. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give this my best college try. I'm going to do a really good mouth swish and then have a, a virgin sip and see if it has any flavor more deeply than it seems to have. Am I overthinking that? I mean, it's not a... Look at that. It's not a non-present beer. It doesn't die. Like, it's not watery or anything. It's just not robust. Definitely some sediment in there, too. I wonder if it's bottle-aged in some way. I don't think so, but I've got sediment in mine as well. I don't usually mind sediment. And you got the last, the very last pour, yeah. and you got the second to last yeah. pour. So yeah, so mind you, you got the chunky bits. <laughs> just excuse me while I chew just a little bit. <laughs> How's that taste? <coughs> you know, in some cultures, that's considered the best Absolutely. pour. Absolutely. Right. Not ours. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bottle of wine once and I poured it out and like the last pour, like there were sticks, like vines coming out. And I was like, that's, that's thick. I remember that. Yeah. Because I was like, is it vinegar at it the like end? Like why chunky. is it that chunky? So you guys aren't that old, so maybe you don't know the answer to this, but have you had Alka-Seltzer? Like that's what I'm feeling. It's got that really big effervescence to it. But that little I have of... had alcohol. <laughs> Good. So a reference point. Um, there's just it just it almost evaporates as soon as it goes into my mouth. Like it just becomes this super bubbly. Really bitter a on little the bit of... back of my palate though. Yeah. Sort of wish it would evaporate before it got in my mouth. <laughs> so not a fan. You need That's to tell okay. them what you thought over at Hunger yeah. and Thirst. I mean, granted, if it was the one, so the one time Ian and I went in and I already bought far too many that I had never seen before off the shelves. Uh, and as I was checking out with the company credit card, he's like, ooh, pretty. And it was the Nogni right and it was in a box and it was like $27. And he goes, and one of these. And, and it was then, probably like, I don't know. 10 ounces? Yeah, it was at most was, the 11.2, yeah. but it, it may be 10. It was, yeah. It was a tiny, tiny bottle. It, it was, was good beer, though. Delicious. It was like 17%. Yeah. It showed up. 
But I remember thinking, when you're at the grocery store, they put the mints and the gum by the... But when you're at the beer store... (laughs) We've been trying to unload this for weeks. (laughs) Good luck. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I don't dislike it, but I... I really don't either. Certainly not as much as... as (laughs) Ryan seems to. (laughs) Ryan needs a rinse. Here, can I interest you in some water? You either have to dump it on the floor or drink the chunks out of the bottom. The chunks are out. Okay. But that's what I, I pr- try to pretend that that's the healthy bits. It's like the vitamins. It is. It's all the, exactly. you know, yeah, stuff. Exactly. That's what made the monks survive. Let's see mm. if we get a, uh, a cork pop Go, here. cork, go. Oh, this one's coming out easy. Oh, that's Uh-oh. what you said last time, though. Well, I thought it came out hard the last time. Oh, oh that's pretty good. That was good. That was good. Oh, look, there's even like little, a little, little smoke coming out yeah. of there. Fire in the hole. So I will be honest. I didn't buy this for you guys. I bought this for a... Theme movie night. We were going to watch Spaceballs and drink beer, and so I got Space Monkey from Fagley's Brew Works. To I, if you have to pair something with Spaceballs, what would it be? Sure. Um, but then movie night fell through. So I Sorry hope that you that. enjoy some raspberry monkeys. It's a thing. <laughs> some raspberry monkeys. We've definitely gone uh, an interesting way with these beers this evening, which I did not expect necessarily. Um, kind of glad we're finishing up with the ones that we will be. Um, it makes us look sophisticated, at least a little bit. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I, I have had this before, and I'm starting to doubt the story I was telling you when we were driving here. That's encouraging. Well, uh, I thought that we had had this at opening tap two years ago in Philadelphia for Philly Beer Week. Uh, but I think that might have been the ah, the rude elf, maybe. Why do I keep doing that? Look at that. That's crazy. Pine glasses. Not used to them. <laughs> uh, so Fegley's, they do a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they have the rude elf, which we discounted for a while simply because we thought they were trying to market off the hype of Mad Elf. And then we actually tried it, and it's nothing like Mad Elf, and it's just a really delicious uh, holiday beer. And they are local to us. They, they are, are in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I just need to point out that this right here on the side with their um, web address is mm-hmm. maybe one of my least favorite stock fonts ever. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the, the logo art is fantastic, but if you want to pass around and see some of my pet peeves, uh, it's when you can... And, and this sounds mm-hmm. awful because I get made fun of a lot at work. I am a Times New Roman for everything kind of girl because I'm just neat and clean and I... Don't want to mess with stuff, but it's like, oh, look, Comic Sans. Again, you know, you wanted a happy font. There's more than one, I swear. But anyway, sorry. That's not about the beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, we've had a fun little beer from Goose Island, which was real sourish. And then we had this Lambic, which was a little less Lambic-y than I anticipated, I guess. It's actually a great way to describe it. I mean, maybe that's... maybe that. It would be interesting to taste oh that God. without knowing it's a lambic. Without thinking it's a lambic. This well, is a chick so I beer. Think that this is. <laughs> Don't judge. I think this it's is a collaboration a beer because it says Duchessa plus lambic. So I do think but lambic that... is a style, not a brewery. Sure, but I'm thinking that they have a beer called Duchessa, the same company. Oh, uh, okay. And they've added lambic to it and created this other, the Duchessic. So. Look at you benefit of the be, doubting. That would be interesting to taste. Maybe if we could find Duchessa. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not a thing. I'll have to do some research into that. So this is Fagley's Brew Works Space Monkey. 
So Saison, you should like that. Saison Ale brewed with 100% natural raspberry juice, 7% ABV, and I'm in chick heaven. It's kind of like a Rattler. It, it is. I was on a big Rattler kick this summer. Uh, I had my first one at Tria. Uh, in in a can, right? It came in a big can, too, which is fine because it's still like 3%. <laughs> And it's, it's like 60% juice with like 40% like, ah, I guess we threw some beer in here. Um, but mostly it's like grapefruit juice. And I was like, I love grapefruit juice. And then you added alcohol to it. So that's even better. So well, that's, this. That's just how I feel about yeah. this. I haven't even tried it yet. This but. is like. Wait till it tries it. Yeah, right? I'm going to take like a little sip and then it's going to be gone. And like, what happened? But it's not fake raspberry. It's. It's, I, I like it. It's which good. is what I loved about the Rattler is it was 100% like fruit juice soda. It's, I don't want to, I don't want to oversimplify, but it's kind of like an accessible version of the Reserva. It's not nearly as chicky as I thought it would be when you said that. And by that, I mean sweet. And but syrupy. it is sweet compared to what we've had sure. so far. Sure. But I was expecting a very like saccharine, like grenadine oh, God, no. kind of flavor to it. I couldn't handle that. I'd be sweating over here with all the sugar. <laughs> But I would have this on a hot day in a heartbeat. I think this would be super refreshing. I don't love it. It's okay. I think I think it's kind of awesome. Especially let me let me rewind. This is uh what? Seven percent. No, I mean how many? Uh, one point nine point four ounces for it came to a whopping seven dollars and forty nine cents. I thought it was delicious for the price. <laughs> It's it's not complex. I can't say a whole lot about it. It's got a real raspberry flavor to it. It's refreshing. It's crisp, but it's not like the first beer. I could taste what I felt were some of those like white wine characteristics that mm -hmm. I pick up when I'm drinking white wine. I, no, and then there was the sour, and then there was the herbs, and then the, yeah, there's there's not all of that to say about this, but it's mm -hmm. also called Space Monkey, like. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's a fine beer, I guess. I don't, I wouldn't drink it again. Probably. Help me out here, Steve. Help a beer mistress I, out. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a dent in that. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I feel like we're still in the medicine cabinet a little bit. We went from Alka-Seltzer to uh, <laughs> some sort of children's cough syrup. Some children's yeah. cough syrup. Yeah. I can I, see I that. I agree with you on that point. Um, what if I had served it in one of those, like, little plastic things that yeah, you just have little to shooter, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, uh, the NyQuil cap. I might give that to my kids, actually. There you go. <laughs> It'll put them to sleep right away, wouldn't it? Or go. We are, we're the worst parents Answer ever. Answer Take Answer no Answer. parenting <laughs> advice from us. Please disclaimer that. Like, like crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that we're, you just said that, which was just a great point, that we are obviously sitting around a table for grown-ups just medicating in a different way. <laughs> yes, sorry. Self-medicated. Drugs would be cheaper. <laughs> Depends what you're into. Legal, no. legal drugs would oh. be cheaper. Oh. <laughs> I didn't mean that. That's not no. where I went. Okay, that. sorry. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking copay, but I don't. <laughs> I can't wait for the 100th episode. <laughs> We're doing um, beer infusions with uh, French presses, which we huh. did for the 90th. Yeah, it was like 89. It was something awkward because really we could one. not schedule it to save our lives. But um, but it really it worked out phenomenally the first time we did it. And uh, so we decided that we were really going to invest in it a little bit more. And we got a couple more French presses and 
bunch of different fun recipe ideas that we're looking forward to. We but, put it out to the populace to send us their favorite ideas yeah. for what to infuse after they saw us sort of try our hand it's at it. pretty cool, yeah. but flavors you can just pull with, what was it, a minute, two minutes that we were allowed oh, to Yeah, I think, yeah, between two and three minutes. Because we were worried it would get flat or warm, or, yeah. but when every time we looked it up, it really was so fast. I said, I want to do... To me, it's like the 2014 version of the fondue party. Like, I really want to just like sit around and put all this stuff in a press That's and cool. have everybody taste like we did little like a sippy. mango ginger one. We did a Mint chili chocolate. pepper and, and chocolate. Chili pepper and almost anything was, was yeah, awesome. Chilies were great. Um, so that's what we'll be doing for our hundredth episode. That's cool. Four French peches an hour and as many fresh ingredients we can find uh, on the farm. Uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I think we got about 20 suggestions, so we're going to have to either prioritize or strategize how to get through. I, I, might be this one's losing me a little bit now. Is it? Just too bland over and over? I'm glad you didn't pour the whole bottle, considering how well it's going over. I just I don't really get Cezanne out of it. It kind of dies on the mouth um, towards the end, and it's like I get the, the raspberry, which is nice, but it's also... There's certain beers that I taste, and I'm sure there's a, a quantitative thing that it is, but it it coats my mouth, and this, like, the flavor just doesn't go away. It just kind of lingers there. And coffees can be the same way. There's some coffees that wash out really nicely when you, like, every sip is a fresh sip. Uh, this one just seems to build, and uh, it's, you know, mer. Hmm. I love it. <laughs> Which is okay. Now is the time that I'm going to remind you how our podcasts end, and that is when I ask you which was your favorite. Like, And since we had so many this evening, since you're going to have five to choose from, I'll just ask you your most favorite and your least favorite. You don't have to rank them. When there's just three, it's a lot easier to rank, because sure. usually there is that true middling beer, but that would take all night if we ranked all five. So just sure. be aware yeah. that that question's coming if you want to okay. get that going in the back of your head. I think I know where some of you are falling. <laughs> <laughs> Without even getting to the end, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's okay. We there's there's probably somebody out there that loves this beer more than anything else in the world. Mm. Well, and I am always on the lookout for gateway beers. Mm -hmm. We're always looking for things when people say I don't like beer. Well, but what do you like? You know, and that's my question is when you go out and order a cocktail, what is in it? And if you're going to have wine, what do you like? Because a lot of times you can pull those flavors out of different beers. This is approachable, not too complex, very matter-of-fact. It's actually pretty interesting because you could argue that each of the beers we've tried so far are not typical oh, beers no, not at all. At all. They're, yeah, they're all I mean, not of a style almost. Is, is this the atypical episode? Yeah, apparently. Well, figure, figure Steve's here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Careful, Steve. If you become the silent partner, then you have whatever quirks we give you. That's right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else I can say about it. It's a. Uh, it's a fine beer. You can leave it in the corner for after you've had four more and don't care anymore. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to rinse again? Since that was so, and this next one is so. Yeah. So Ryan, would you like to tell us the story behind these? Since obviously there's at least a little legacy happening? So sure, the, the next two beers are ones that I actually picked up at two bottle shops where I was talking with them about carrying our product. And um, 
I figured that uh, in the interest of what we're about, which is about exploring beer and the story behind beer and relying on the expertise of those who make a living selling beer, I would ask them the question that um, is behind our whole product, which is, you know, what do you have in the store that you'd recommend to me? And they both independently came up with these two beers, one from 2014 and one aged from 2012. So that was just sort of bizarre in bottle shops that probably had several hundred bottles, different beers in each, that they both pointed me in this direction. And so I thought that would be an interesting tasting experience. And Can I more. ask, because uh, the way you phrased it was really interesting, what would you recommend to me? Did you first have a conversation with them about like, what you like or how adventurous your palate is or what were the what criteria were they using when making that selection so i always lead because i've tried a fair bit of the craft beer spectrum i lead with what's new and interesting um that that you're excited about and kind of leave it open from there so i'm a big fan i mean you don't don't let it fool you that i've complained about a beer or two tonight i mean i i like to think that once you reach a certain point you start to appreciate beer based on how well it represents a style or um, intrigue and not just is it the greatest thing I've ever drunk in my life. Um, so from that standpoint, th that's where I went. What's interesting, what's new, what would you recommend? And they both came up with this particular beer. Well, and I'm getting a little more cynical about what's new and different in the beer world because the beer world is all about new and different. And I suppose what I want now is new and different and done well like is it inspired is it something that needed to happen or is it something that you look desperate and you mm. just threw it into the boil and hoped that something came out um so i mean just based on what i see on the label here these look like beautiful imported belgians where i'm sure that these monks were not like hey let's see what's laying around the abbey and throw it in you know <laughs> um but there's yeah. just times when i see something on a menu and at first you're like wow, they tried that? And then upon second thought, you're like, oh, they tried that. <laughs> one, one pineapple IPA later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably drink that. <laughs> I have drunk it. How was it? Once. 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 <laughs> so are we going to try the new one and then the old one, or the old one and then the new yeah, one? Yeah, I'm or? pretty sure the one with the... He wrote There's the a 12 on the one that's from yeah. 2012. Oh, there it is. Cool. Yeah, I think we should try the newer one first, just so we know what like the, the fresh one tastes like, and then compare it to the older one. Um, it's only a two-year difference, so it could be crazy or it could be not much. Um, this is brewed and bottled uh, by Dedol in Belgium. They did the, uh, I think we carried it on a podcast once, the Still Knocked. Yes. I'm a schmuck for Belgian beer. <laughs> Absolutely love it. There is... Realistically, there are very few that I dislike, and the ones that I don't like are really raisiny quads. But otherwise... Hey, I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just because I don't like raisins. <laughs> there was one I almost bought today that was an ale brewed with something, 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 and raisins. And I was like, nope, just don't want to have that argument with Ian on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I actually, somebody concocted a beverage recently that was a... Uh, it was port, and then like you mix all this other stuff into it, like citrus, and they had raisins in it. And I tried it, and it wasn't terrible. Oh, look at your growth! I know. 
But then somebody offered me an oatmeal raisin cookie and I threw it on the ground. <laughs> Get away from me. All right, folks. So uh, this is the 2014 oh, edition. This is, new. This this is the is darkest the, one we've had tonight. Oh, by yes. far. It's also going to be far different flavor-wise from the previous three that we've had. Um, so it's 9% ABV, and it does not necessarily say the style, does it? It's just, I mean, it's a Belgian... I had this for the first time at Jose Pistola's in Philadelphia, another one of my tried and true favorites. Uh, it was recommended to me by Adam Anderson, who is one of my most trusted bartenders. He's an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> I like that there's this happy little yellow fellow um, carrying, I'm not sure what in his hand. It looks like a pitchfork, but the like child-proofed pitchfork because it's like, blunt at the top. And he's wearing a, a sash that says Anno 1980, like maybe they were founded in 1980. That's what I would guess, yeah. Uh, but since the 1980 seems to be a theme of this evening, <laughs> I thought I would bring that up. Uh, so I remember the first time he pulled it out, I thought it was just ridiculous because I was like, I can't believe this is a real beer because the label does look so bizarre. And it does look like it was made in the 1980s. Um, it's just this weird what would you call that heart. other than a childproof pitchfork? Like, what is it really? A paddle? Like he's gonna make know. some. It's pizza? not even like a pizza. That's it's, it's, it's actually that's it's almost like the, oven the Gemini uh, horoscope sign, but like on a stick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For when oh, you want to skewer a Gemini. Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So flavor-wise, it's um, cherry. But not it's like stupid fruity space vibrant, monkey yeah. cherry. But it's it's got that beer Belgian rich cherry. Does that make sense? And the color is definitely. I know we were discussing the difference, but it's it's much richer. It's far more brown. It's got just a a tad of head to it. I find its body actually very similar to the second beer we had, the Duchessic, um, just in the way that it kind of you get a lot of that effervescence. Uh, when I put it in my mouth, and it just kind of turns to bubbles. Um, yeah, which I agree. I, I never to think it's a bad thing. Like that's that's not a complaint. That's just an observation. Triple Carmelite, one of my favorite beers ever, has that same quality to it. Very champagne-y, mm-hmm. um, which is you know something that the Belgians definitely do a lot of, and I would imagine that the Italians maybe learned a bit from the. Uh, from the Belgians as well. I so. think the texture changes. In the front of my mouth, it's definitely that. It's it's very light and very bubbly. But then as I swallow, you pick up the richness of mm-hmm. the, the color and the texture. Cherry. Yeah. Uh, almost like a cherry that's been soaked in something nice. alcoholic. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> nice <laughs> liqueur absorbed cherry. Yeah. You get a little more of the alcohol burn on this one than yeah. I think on most of the rest we've had tonight. Well, and I'm wondering if the... Since the first one was 11%, if it was just a lighter body and the wine, you know, the mm-hmm. wine is usually around that 11, 12% mm-hmm. anyway, if maybe that's why it was smoother. But mm-hmm. this is more true to beer in mm-hmm. its styling. It'd be interesting to see if the aging does anything to that slight alcohol finish or not. Yeah, I would almost imagine that the cherry notes will be even a little darker and more more boozy kind of in that in that flavor context. Uh, just from the Mad Elf mostly, which... When I met him, he was aging Mad Elf, so we all started aging Mad Elf, and now I am done buying cases. Of, I have so, when I just moved. Do you know what it's like to move case upon case upon case of beer? It is ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
But I'm just, I was like, I'm done buying Mad Elf until it's five years aged and I am proven that it's the most delicious thing ever. I'm just, I'm tired of buying a case every year. And because we were buying a case to drink and a case to age and a case to serve with you our Dashing Rogue dinner. cases one year. Yeah. That was fun. It was. <laughs> Um, we were used to the hoarding mentality when it was hard to come by, and so we weren't used to that shift when it became actually accessible. And in July. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Christmas in July. It's still not horribly accessible. I remember last year, which was like the year where I was kind of like, ah, whatever, you can get it anywhere. I finally went in to get a case, and they had like one left. And I was like, oh, good thing I came here today. I, I need this. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not over my... My aging yet though. I'm interested to see how it turns out. What's your what do you have that's the oldest aging thing that you have going right now, would you say? Um uh, it's probably Mad Elf. And it's probably Because you started that like four yeah, years I'm, ago. I'm fairly new to anything. Um, but I did a bunch of stuff around the same time. I have a case of the uh, Bourbon County, Bourbon Barrel Age Stout. I've got um Oh the Do you have a Firestone Walker? I've got Case of Firestone Walker, their anniversary ale. I've got some of their barley wines. Um, I've got a, a home brewed barley wine. I got two bottles of that, which like was awesome the night we tried it, and will be a year and a half really good yeah. and two and a half more years. Um, I had had the ten fifty. So mostly, yeah, you know, it's, it's all dark stuff. That's what ages better. That's and, uh, my answer to what is your favorite beer. Like, if you really, if you. I've been watching a lot of tutors. Sorry, if you put me on, if yeah, if you put me on the rack and say, "What is your favorite beer?" <laughs> the Firestone Walker 17th anniversary was Holy like cow. the best thing I ever put in my mouth. It was yeah. unbelievably. I, I uh, spent so much money on that beer. And then he just left it in a bag by his door. So every time I left, if I just took a bottle, he didn't seem to notice. <laughs> and it was so expensive that I was. It was great. Well, I couldn't. I, I basically went to a bottle shop and I was just like, how many bottles do you have left? And I bought all of them. And they were selling them at bottle shop prices, so they weren't cheap per se. Still cheaper than buying it at like a restaurant. But I think I got, I don't know, 16 bottles of it or something, plus another eight or nine of their, uh, barley, of wine. their barley wine. And I haven't heard a lot of about Firestone Walker's sort of non-IPA beers. I always hear about, what is it? Double Jack and things like that. Yeah. That's them, right? The Union well, Jack. The guys, Parabola. Have you had that? If you guys that? would like to come yes. back, yes. We, will, we will undo one of those. Nice. See how it is two years later. It's, it's so outrageous. one of our favorite breweries, and I can say this with confidence, uh, Adroit Theory in uh, Purcellville, Virginia, before they opened their doors. Like they had been brewing for two years before they got their legal permits to do, you know, they were just home brewing and, and starting to market themselves. Their owner and his wife took a two-month road trip across the country. They just rented an RV and went to like every... No, they have an RV. They have an... You're right. I forgot about that. All right. So they have an RV and they just drove for two months to every major brewery that was worth visiting. Um, and I, I woke up one morning in the middle of the night to a, um, a text from Mark of Adroit Theory to say, wait... I remember Ian saying that he loves our anniversary, but what year was it? Because I'm at the brewery right now, and they have like the 16th, the 17th, the 18th, the 19th. And I was like, buy them all. <laughs> like, I just want the, all. The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've only had two of them, but I can't imagine, like, if those two are any example of what they can do. Their dark beers are 
I would say far superior to oh, our absolutely. IPAs, which Hands they have down. awesome IPAs. Um, they also, they were probably one of our worst reviewed beers in another one of our podcasts where we had uh, a mixed got- pack of their pale ale and their velvet Merlin and mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff, and we were very unimpressed with it. Um, but the stuff that, I mean, the older stuff that they've done and the, the darker stuff and their IPAs, you know, the Union Jack is a great IPA. We did New Year's Eve. We did the Succuba. Mm-hmm. And I was like, happiest New Year's Eve of my life. So Him good. and I and just a bottle of that was like, oh, yeah. But um, it was such an impression on Mark that this year is the first full year of operation for Adroit Theory. And their first year anniversary kickoff is going to be in the same style. And what, <laughs> what they do at Firestone Walker right. is blend they because they're in wine country in California, they hire the best wine blenders. Well, they have a lot of friends in the area, and beer is a very collaborative process, as I'm sure you've come to learn. And they basically like divide their friends up into three teams and say, "Make us our anniversary ale." <laughs> and so they actually, you know, like like vintners do, they'll they'll blend these beers together using you know two parts of that and uh, some of that and some of that, and they'll wow. make this beer. And then they pick the one that they like the best, and that's their anniversary ale. <laughs> That's sweet, yeah. All right, last one, kid. You got this. Oh, this is the clean one. There you go. Yeah, here we switch off there. Look at us. We've done this before. Once or twice. We we didn't pack glasses tonight, but we've done this before. (laughs) We promise. (laughs) All right, so we are having the exact same beer now, but two years aged. So did you buy it two years ago, or did they have it at the bottle shop? They had it at the bottle shop. That's awesome. They sort of had the whole front cooler section. And then they had a whole another back room that was the a lot of age things. Yeah, that's cool. I'm starting to think. I mean, now that we've bought a new house and we're reevaluating how we because we used to in DC everything small, so we had a beer shower, which was where <laughs> we kept everything. Um, but I have I have these great beer friends, and I'm starting to think that the whole like maybe I need a beer closet or what do you do? Do I build a cedar closet in my basement to age it, or can it just be like it's a like temperature controlled? Control? Yeah, right. great. All right, guys, tell us. Yeah, I mean, and isn't that a, it helps resale value to say I have a beer aging closet in my different. basement? Wow, it really does. It's like toffee almost. Or... Yeah, it's really different. Same happy yellow man on the side. Yeah, two years later, the same label. Oh my gosh! Right? <gasps> I, I even think it looks darker. I mean, oh yeah, no, I, agree. I was gonna say yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it, toffee is a great thing. It, it's really sweet. I mean, definitely because the cherries Caramel, were something like that. I don't know. I not quite was... burnt, but definitely totally different. Dark caramel. Totally different. Wow. I like this one better. Yeah, me too. It's actually a pretty nice way to finish the night. Huh? I there's almost no cherry in that after the last one. Well, it's it's just that broken down. It's it's actually a lot of what the Mad Elf has done, uh, just not as well. Um, and we're I guess two years in, and we tried it last December. I guess so was it two years old then? So what we could do if you want to do something particularly epic? Do you remember our two-hour holiday podcast? Well, I remember half of it. <laughs> All we did was drink Mad Elf for, for two, two hours. hours. <laughs> and we had holiday trivia and holiday gifts. and ho- It was amazing. 
I, it was amazing until Cousin Max fell asleep in the middle of the podcast. So I took a little, little power nap, a disco nap. <laughs> and he got back up and he's like, what are we talking about? <laughs> and he was wearing his holiday. Like, oh, still mad out. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Um, it, was, like, it was a great idea to start with. And by the end, it just devolved into like drunk rambling. <laughs> I want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, actually, that sounds super What episode fun. number was that? I'll, 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 not even that high, no. I don't think. But this makes me want to do this year's holiday podcast on two years ago, Mad Elf, since I know we have it. Hmm. Maybe only 90 minutes this or time. We could, do, we could do all the Mad Elf that we have. So we have four different ones, I think, saved up. Yeah, no, that would be pretty cool. That would cool. be a lot of fun. It'd be terrible. It'd be terrible, good fun. We should do it. Do you, don't you remember we ordered um, Indian after Thai, and you were like, I need drunken noodles because I'm drunk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were great. <laughs> Hit the spot. Because nothing says Christmas like some Thai. <laughs> some spicy Thai noodles. Um, all right. I love this beer. This I is think great. This is great. I, I feel like we need to say more about it, but I'm not sure what to say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure we're conveying the, the depth of it. It's so different, but very rich. This, may, this may cheapen it. I don't know for sure. Don't say Alka-Seltzer. You'll no, be No, no, no. Not Alka-Seltzer. But I feel like it's the point in which I get from a cherry or... Tootsie Pop to the chocolate part. Yeah, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. That is the best metaphor ever. Like right when you get to the chocolate part, it sows a little mm-hmm. bit of the candy See, left, but, but it's a chocolate If you, if you yeah. smell it, you actually, that actually mm-hmm. rings yeah. true. Also, yeah, I love Tootsie Rolls, so Good best observation. metaphor. I do too, yeah. Um, I, I think yeah. if you handed me these two beers right next to each other at once and didn't tell me what they were, I would never think that they were the same beer. No, yeah. I agree. They have a very similar body, and yeah. the color is not so off, all things considered. Uh, but otherwise, and I could probably pick out that there were two Belgians, but I might even think like one is a double and one is a quad, just in the the flavor profile changes. Mmm. All right. Yeah, I like this. Hey, a lot. Steve, as the silent partner, you get to go mm. first. <laughs> which was your Let's favorite, and which was your least down. favorite for this evening? All right. Well, this last one was definitely my favorite. All right. So the twelve. The yeah, the 2012 Orbeer. Or beer. Or beer. Yeah, and then let's spell it for the folks because it's Belgian. O e r b i e r with hearts and heart oh. over the eye. I kind of want to cut this man out and put him on a logo somewhere because. And the local 44 bottle shop in West Philly had about six others on the shelf there that I saw. Local 44. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I got all my Firestone. Nobody go there. We are going to go buy them out of really awesome age beers. It's cool. We got three days before this posts. Um, so least favorite, probably this, um, the Duchesic. That's, yeah. That that's Italian beautiful. Lambic crazy. And Lambic that looks like um, a balsamic bottle <laughs> is my least favorite. I like that point. you put your pinky up when you said it. You're like, like, this balsamic. Balsamic. <laughs> Yes, very delicate bottle. All right, Ryan. Man, I am hard pressed to choose between the first and the last. I have to say, I really. Oh. I, have, I have a similar problem. Yeah, I'm, I mean. All right, then, could you at least extol the benefits of each? I mean, I'm just I. He yeah, intimidated I just, me in the first thirty seconds with his vocabulary, and I should have upped my game, but I haven't. So. No, I'm. Uh, I. I I will not be intimidating at this point in the evening. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's just hard to compare them because I thought the first one was just such a such such a tart treat style, yeah. um, and, and really woke up the palate right right from the start. I mean, it was really 
right there. Um, and this last one, we couldn't have really, I mean, way to go, Professor, you really planned it well, because I feel <laughs> like it, I mean, it, it was a nice ending to the night, so. It told a story in a lot of ways. A little bit of a journey. When Jason says, a a wait a second. There you go. What See, we're talking about the case for beer here. Yeah. See that journey going on? That's that's what I'm talking we about. We got five of the 12. Just think of where we could have gone in the middle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I would probably agree that with Steve as in terms of the one I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it, to be honest. It was just so nondescript for me that it's hard for me to say anything other than it wasn't a favorite, so. It's fair. I um, What I'm actually trying to compare is when Ryan said, you know, one in five were his favorite, and I tend to agree. I'm trying to imagine them with food now, and I remember thinking, number one, I just, I wanted such a ripe, robust cheese when I was eating it. Um, and now like I'm blue at least, but maybe even something a little softer, like, yes, that kind of flavor, but like a triple cream blue. <laughs> yes. Like a triple cream blue. <laughs> uh, maybe even on a nice, like Thank everything you. kind of crustini. So it has all of those, those salty and, and herbaceous flavors to it. I was thinking um, of like an apple wedge. It is fall. Apple is the right time for that. Um, but no, I don't think I, I don't think I want the sweetness of the apple with what was happening in that well, beer. Well, I was thinking like a green apple, so you get like the sour and the sour, but then with that like. You're ah, so contrary. I know. You're so contrary. What I do. Uh, but I guess so. I'm taking that same thing from the first beer, which to me was maybe it's the beer mistress side of me. Food, food, food. Like, what can I? This one still has a lot of opportunity, but it's more fall foods like it's I would I want like a nice roasty root vegetable with it or a, a rich meat with it um and I think both are very I'm actually gonna go I'm gonna go the goose island I'm gonna say that the um the class of 88 just because I do love white wine and that's mm -hmm. totally my Achilles heel Riesling especially Riesling especially and there's mm. just so much about it that marries my love of white wine and beer at the same time so yay. What was your least favorite? My least favorite. You're not gonna believe me when I tell you, but it was probably the Fagleys, um, which I still enjoyed because I thought, compared to some evenings, these were all they <laughs> it all. Was a, it was were, a decent night. Yeah, yeah, it was a quite a decent. Could have been night. the company. Yeah. And I think wow. well, definitely. Damn straight, it was great company. <laughs> um, I think what it was is about the Fagleys versus all the others is just that. As much as I was still okay with it, it was very single-dimensional. Well, and no offense to Fagley's, but you're going up against, you know, Some Belgian classics. You know, you've got mm -hmm. pretty much all Belgian or Belgian style. European um, Yeah, influenced in some way. And then it's just like, we made some raspberry stuff. <laughs> and it's like, you guys did a great job of it. But also, you know, maybe the wrong game to play in. Which is, which is not our their fault. fault. That's yeah. our fault. Um, <laughs> I am uh, I'll take responsibility for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good friend right there. I am going to agree with you, and I'm going to say that my favorite was the uh, the Goose Island. Close runner-up would be the 12-year-old uh, two-year-old beer. Two-year-old, two sorry, 2012. Think what the 12-year-old would be. Oh my God. Can you imagine us on eBay out try, trying to outbid each other on this 12-year-old beer? We all show up to the next one and we're like, I got this. And we're like, ah, oh, collectively we spent $800 on this. 
<laughs> We're just outbidding each other. Uh, and my least favorite was definitely the, the fake Lees, um, which, again, that's not really their fault, and it's not really a, a, a judgment on their beers in general. I've had a lot of fake Lees that I liked, so. Cool. Well, this was fun, guys. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, awesome. Great. Thanks Maybe for Maybe a couple us. of months from now after you're, you know, up and running and ready to school the world and all of the ways that they can enjoy your products. And I can't wait to see your website in action. It's going to be so yes. cool. Yeah, I say let's go. And um, we're excited to have you all doing your thing at our launch party before yeah, too long. I, I stay tuned for November because we're going to definitely give a play-by-play -play of their launch party as we're here with 72. Got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> 72 of their closest friends and investors. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, but in the meantime, you can always find us. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash dashing rogue and always on Twitter. I am at beer mistress. I'm at dashing underscore rogue. And I tweeted again for like the first time in a lot of times this, this day, this day right now. He got a new phone and it took that long for him to update also, I was his super lazy and i've been doing other stuff and i got distracted and when you're too lazy to tweet dude i know <laughs> i know but you guys are on twitter because i tweet you so tell the world about your twitter yes yeah, so we're at the case for beer and also on facebook uh facebook.com slash the case for beer i have to say i'm pretty impressed that you got that name because to me, I was like, it's, it's so logical. Everyone wants to make a case for beer. That's right. But yay that no one else had come before you and wanted to make the case. The case for beer. Yeah. That's right. We've gotten that confused because some people say a case for beer. Right. No, no. The. It's like litigation happens at the door. You have right. to make your case right here, right now. That's right. Why am I buying this beer? Because it's delicious. Or okay then. Or it's mystery beer. <laughs> All right, Ryan, Steve, Schlitz thank again. you so much. Got the Schlitz. Come, yeah. Right? Ooh, Next yeah. time we do this, so bring a Schlitz. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. I'm Ryan. Steve. See you next time. <laughs>